Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Welcome back to the second stage, the forum for entrepreneurs to discuss best practices and learn from other entrepreneurs. And I am Jeffrey Cadlick, and Brendan, I'm excited about this show. You know why? Why is that, Jeff? Because we got the great Steve, Steve Kimball coming on this show. And, How'd you uh, get he, him? <laughs> how, how in the world did you possibly? Do you know him? I, I just do. heard about him. No, he's do fantastic. You? Yes, he is. Is he good? Good, good, good. Well, uh, we are very lucky to have uh, Steve Kimball, but uh, we're also excited to talk about a very important topic today, which is the second pillar of the five pillars. And so as a recap of last week, uh, we discussed the first of five pillars, which is essentially timely and accurate financial statements. And an archive for that episode, which was titled Get Your Cash Flow in Order, can be found on the Voice America website on their business channel or under podcasts on iTunes and search for the second stage. Uh, we hope you got started on the first pillar last week and followed through on the suggestions of our guest, Greg Crabtree, author of Seeing Beyond the Numbers, and our own Marlene Tihai, CFO of Evolution, uh, who provided, I think, very basic and practical advice any small business owner can follow. Uh, Brendan, did you have any takeaways that you want to contribute? You know, I always do, Jeff. Um, I, I think it's important to realize that the great financials really are the first step in in, uh, in kind of really running and working on your business. Uh, surprisingly, uh, the, you know, we, we mentioned that we've uh, been blessed to work with thousands of businesses, and it's just it's amazing how few small businesses actually have timely and accurate financials, and they really are relying on the uh, on the, um, uh, the the entrepreneurs kind of gut feel for where the cash balances are and things like that. And it's it really is it's uh, it's not very intuitive to most entrepreneurs. They feel like they know the plan and that's good enough. But we're here to tell you that to scale your business and grow beyond 20 employees, you really do in fact need a great great financial statement. And then all three, or excuse me, four other things that we'll bring up in this meeting in the next uh, next three. Okay, Jeff, well, to you. <laughs> you know, one thing that we talked about last week that I, I think may have confused some people, and I want you to clarify this for because I get confused very easily. Also, is that last week there is a lot of discussion from Greg about a market salary. So, could you? give people a little bit more clarity on that. Yeah, if, if you can imagine, um, entrepreneurs uh, they get in business and their salaries range from the ridiculously low to you know to obviously very very high. And I think what what Greg's point is, and I think that uh, that for every entrepreneur to grasp the concept of that. What would it take to replace you? And fundamentally, that's that's what a market salary is. And it's almost like, you know, regardless of what salary you take, you have to be aware of of what the what the, how the market would value the role that you're playing. And so, uh, fundamentally, if you're taking a very very low salary and reporting a very very large profit or or a larger profit, it's important to realize that the outside world would would in fact discount that profit back. Um, and then the the reverse of that is true: is if uh, 
you know, if you're taking a very large salary um, and, uh, and you're reporting a smaller profit, there are some addbacks. But I think the trap that entrepreneurs get, get caught in is that they 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 tend to believe to replace themselves the 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 cost of that is very low. Well, I can tell you from afar or from you know, really working in these in these in these companies, the cost to replace the entrepreneur is much much higher than they would originally planned or that they envisioned. Sometimes it takes two or three people. Well, that that Brendan, I think you explained that very very well. So I appreciate that very specific uh, advice you've given us there. Um, so on this show, I want to say to everybody out there that we make a ton of mistakes, and that's okay. Uh, you need to try new things in order to get ahead. You know, take your chances to improve and learn. You know, that's what this show is all about. You don't need to make leaps and bounds. Baby steps are fine, but keep moving forward. Build on successes each week. Reset your goals. And every once in a while, say hello to your hello to your family and friends. You know, spend time taking care of them. Uh, you need to have that balance so you can give 100% in every part of your life when it's needed most. Uh, as we said before, we've got a great show planned this week. Um, uh, we're going to cover the second of five pillars, which is to have a plan. And this episode is titled "Make Your Vision a Reality: Have a Plan." So just like last week, we have an expert who specializes in this area and will supplement our understanding of the key issues and really help facilitate our goal of providing more specific and actionable advice that you can take away from the show this week. As always, it's important to just get started on these issues so that you can keep moving forward towards your goals. Um, Brenda, you want to tell them a little bit more about Steve Kimball? Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be that'd be great. Steve is, um, you know, is, is a classic entrepreneur himself. He's uh, he's uh, grown grown businesses and um, uh, has uh, um, it, it really has kind of created a, a wonderful business around doing um, this sort of thing. But he, uh, he's a entrepreneur, strategic advisor to CEOs and their leadership teams. Uh, he's helped develop strategies that accelerate profitable growth and increase the value of businesses. Uh, Steve also serves as a principal with the, the Chasm Group, a nationally recognized Silicon Valley firm providing go-to market strategy services to high technology companies. He has over 18 years of, of reinvent, reinventing and, and advising fast-growing companies and has hands-on experience in launching innovative business models, introducing new products, and acquiring and integrating companies. And we've had the pleasure, as you know, Jeff, to have worked with Steve on several occasions and uh, really just a uh, a wealth of knowledge and, and uh, really has a, a great way to have entrepreneurs fully understand how important this piece is. So, Yeah, and that's right, Brennan. I think when we can, we're going to have people on the show that we've actually worked with before that we know are effective at uh, delivering uh, value to the people that they uh, – that, that, uh, you know, they work with and Steve is definitely a performer. So before I get much farther, I want to remind everyone that each week we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. Uh, we want to hear what works and what doesn't. We want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. You can also email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or call us uh, on our phone number at 866 472 5790. That's 866-472-5790. And if you'd like to volunteer to the, to the community your experience and solutions, we'd really appreciate it. Or importantly, just ask questions so that we can respond on air, which brings me to some of the questions from, from last week. Um, and I'm going to summarize what I think this person was saying, which is 
with regard to the first pillar, which is great financials, you know, when do you hire somebody on full time? Check me to answer that, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I was actually talking to the wall, but since you're okay, standing good. over there, I, I good. Can answer. What the heck? I, I thought you were gonna. I thought you had a great answer, but I, I, I think it's important to realize that when entrepreneurs get started, they they're do they're wearing eight hats. And if you if you you know if you uh, pull out to Greg Crabtree's book Simple Numbers, uh, you know he really goes through those eight hats that they wear. And and it's it's important for an entrepreneur entrepreneur to realize that when they hire somebody, they're really adder, adding a layer of cost. And either one of two things can happen when they add that layer of cost. They can either, A, free up their time to produce more revenue and more gross profit, which then pays for that person, or that person will actually uh, go out and, and generate revenue and, and effectively pay for themselves. And I think it's important for an entrepreneur, entrepreneur while they're hiring people and growing, to fully grasp that concept that, that these people really do have to – one of those two things has to happen to maintain that profitability. So that's, we would argue, when the, when a small company should look to hire somebody new. Okay, so we're a second stage company, and we've obviously internalized and hired somebody, Marlene T. High, who was on our show last week. Do you remember the thought process of when we finally said, you know what, it's time that we hire somebody here at Evolution to cover a lot of this ground for us? No, absolutely. I mean, Jeff, I mean, if you really think about it, when, uh, you know, Marlene, I know this is going to come as a surprise to you, but Marlene is better at some of this stuff than we are. And the fact of the no, matter is, no, it's no. true. No, it's true. And, and, and so I think we realized that once we had several, um, invest uh, portfolio partners and we were growing these small businesses, we realized that, you know, by hiring her, it would, it would, A, she was better and faster at that, that sort of thing than we were. And that more importantly, it would free us up to, you know, quite frankly, work on other things with those partners and, and find new partners to work with. And that was, uh, and I think that if you look back, I think that was, you know, a, a great, great move. And, and we've uh, definitely covered and give Marlene credit. She has created the revenue to, uh, to cover that expense plus some. So, Okay. Well, um, I agree with you. That was, uh, um, that was, I think how it unfolded and she's been a wonderful, um, wonderful addition. Uh, anyway, so <clears throat> what I think we're going to do is I think we're going to cut this first segment short because Steve has a lot of things to, to say and to add value to us. And I think we're best. Let's close this first segment off early uh, but before we do, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, McGladry LLP. Uh, they are the leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services. And to entrepreneurs out there, they're, they're an accounting firm uh, focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. And again, these, this is a group that we do a lot of work with, and uh, they have been huge for us. So with that, we're going to take a break here for our first segment and uh, come back with our guest in our second segment. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait, they just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. All right, welcome back. This is Jeff Kenlick at the second stage, and uh, the second stage is a forum for best practices uh, for small businesses. And uh, in the first segment, we started talking about the the importance of a plan and why uh, you know when when uh, you know we uh, came and we kind of summarized what was going on after uh, the last show. Um, but, uh, this show, we want to talk to our special guests, but I want to quickly do my, my important note here, which is reminding everybody that it's a forum and that to make these forums uh, effective and powerful, you know, folks need to contribute their experiences and ideas. You know, we invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncb.com, or you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or even call us at 866-472-5790. We want to hear from you to because being an effective small business owner is a continual path. And as your host, we have a lot of experience, but not all the answers. And we're here to learn uh, just like you are from everybody else. So I'm going to let Brendan um, introduce Steve and, um, and start talking about why plans are so important. 
Uh, Steve, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Uh, we uh, we've had the privilege of knowing of know of knowing Steve for the last four or five years, and uh, really been able to see him in action, working with small businesses and helping uh, the entrepreneurs really get their arms around what they have and what the what the really the steps are to 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 get to their plans. Whether those plans are company sale or to pass those companies the company off to. Uh, uh, to, to family members, or you know, something that would that would live uh, with uh, with third parties or uh, your employees for a longer period of time. Hey, Steve, thank you very much for for joining us. Oh, thank you, Brendan. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, I, I'm just curious, Steve. You know, Jeff and I get up here. We tell people that you know, great financial statements are important and plans are important. And but then I, I, I as we travel the country and, and meet with entrepreneurs, um, what's your experience? Do entrepreneurs have plans? I mean, is, 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 is this something that, that they've got that they can just pull out and, fl- and flip to you when, you when you meet with them? Well, you said pull out and flip to you. So first of all, all entrepreneurs have a plan. It's just most cases, it's in their head. They haven't communicated it or thought it through as well as they, they should have. Uh, typically, the ones that have are the ones that have private equity or venture capital in them because obviously the boards require that. Uh, and then there's you know a small percentage of those that aren't in those situations that recognize they need to have the plan to grow. But otherwise, most people don't. Hey, uh, Steve, as you know, Jeff's a numbers guy, and sometimes getting numbers out is important to him. Do you have a guess at what percentage of, your, of the companies that you talk to would have a, 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 a written plan that has been communicated to all the employees or the or in their in their company? Um, and you had two steps in there, right? Written yeah. plan and communicated to all their employees. Probably uh, less than five percent. If we're optimistic, in the five ten percent range, but definitely less than five percent from what I've seen out there. Yeah, and we would definitely agree, especially you know where evolution looks. We, you know, we we really see you know probably substantially less than five percent. Um, and, and again, and see why is that? Why 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 don't have why, why don't entrepreneurs have these plans? I mean, so, so I think there's three reasons. Uh, number one is the most obvious one, and that's they're too busy running the business. Right, they're in it. They're not able to step out and, and take a look at it because they're both practitioners as well as trying to manage it. Um, they're not able to step back and do the planning. By the way, it's the curse of possibly being the investor and the operator at the same time, never being able to wear that investor hat. Number two, um, oftentimes, and, and most of you out there may be able to relate to this, um, if you don't have ADD, you act like you have ADD. So you want to keep things flexible and kind of keep moving around. The second you put a document together, it feels like that's what you have to go do. And the third is, and I don't think most of the entrepreneurs out there realize this, uh, particularly at the second stage where you guys are focused here. Um, they want to avoid accountability. So the second you put it in on paper, it feels like you can't change it, and I, I don't want to have to tell my team we're changing again. So it, it, it avoids that accountability uh, for the self. Steve, I, I love uh, what you're talking about there about you know the, if the plan changes. I'm just curious. You know, the, the really successful companies, I'm sure that they just create a plan, and, and that plan always happens exactly like they put it out there. Is, is, that, is that the way the world works? <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a famous general, of course, that has said uh, the planning process is more important than the plan itself because once it hits battle, uh, it's dead, right? Um, a plan never, ever stays stable, and therefore – you know, you have to think about it more as a flexible, agile uh, process and not just a one-time event, which is how a lot of people treat it. And so, so I think what I hear us saying is that, 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 that the plan is, is never really complete. Is that, I mean, is it, is it complete or is it just that, you're, that you've misguided something? Is it, I mean, uh, or is it? It's a good question. So it is ongoing. And the way I like to actually help people think through strategic planning 
is to never think about it as just a, a one-time workshop or event or offsite like people like to do and then create some budgets and, and, and the plan. It's actually ongoing on a weekly basis. You should be revisiting different aspects of the plan. I just ran an offsite last week, in fact, for um, 12 second-stage CEOs, and they asked me, how often should I be asking these questions that we're going to talk about later on here in the program? And I told them, I said, look, at minimum, you need to do this twice a year, but certain elements of this you're going to want to do quarterly. And then when you get down to your actual key priorities where you're focusing your resources, you have to do that weekly. You have to stay in sync because things are constantly changing around you. You see, maybe you can. That's a great lead into maybe telling us a little, a couple examples of uh, some companies, you know, you know, with or without names, you know, where where you worked on the plan and where maybe some some of them worked and and maybe even some of them that didn't. Sure, sure. So, in one case, um, Ashton um, was running a Shades of Light, which is a, a lighting company, and when I started to sit down with her, she felt stuck, frustrated. Um, by the time we were done, she was seeing uh, thirty percent plus increased in sales, 70% increases in profit. And she went from being unprofitable to having record profits and then now having a successful exit uh, as of two years ago. The key for her was making a plan and doing it. And notice how I emphasize two things there. The plan itself doesn't matter if you don't go do it and continue to adjust it. In that case, we put together a plan of attack on how she was going to be able to significantly grow the business and prepare that for uh, an exit later on. Uh, however, this happened to be back right before the Great Recession hit. Um, three months later, the Great Recession hit. We had to quickly pull out that one-page plan and ask questions about each element of it and say, what do we need to adjust? We adjusted a few things, and a few of the core strategic priorities for her, we kept on track. Uh, and that was transitioning from more of a catalog to online business and a few other key things. Can you maybe uh, maybe Steve tell, tell me a little bit about some of the tools you use? Or you know, you mentioned a you mentioned a couple things. You mentioned a one page plan, and I know that we don't have time to get into all of those things. But I, I'll tell you, you know, it's the, those those reminders, at least as far as Jeff and I are concerned, are really really helpful uh, tools for entrepreneurs to use. Sure. So um, first and foremost, um, if you, if you're part of a peer group, uh, most peer groups usually have some different tools around. So that's, that's one great resource. Then you've got um, Vern Harnish out there with his one-page you know, strategy that he does with his book. You've got the great game of business. Uh, so there's different uh, models. At the end of the day, if you kind of cut through all of them, is keeping it simple so that you're actually able to communicate it, communicate it, communicate it. And then uh, make sure you're actually tracking and holding people accountable for it. So at the end of the day, as we get into kind of some of the, the components of it, um, keeping it as simple as possible because otherwise it actually gets put into a PowerPoint or a Word document and it sits on your hard drive or in a binder on the shelf and never gets revisited again. So, Steve, you're telling me that you know I, I'm an entrepreneur of a business and I see 35 things that I'm just so excited about tackling and I know that I, if I did those 35 things, I'd be you know turn this into a billion-dollar business. But you're telling me that, that I shouldn't tackle those 35 things. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's really interesting. And this is a very common theme I see whenever I go into an environment. Um, what you're doing is diluting your resources. So priorities of 32 are not priorities, obviously, right? And it does two things. One is you're not putting your management team's time and attention uh, and all of your sales and marketing and product development or service development resources towards it. But the second thing you're doing is creating whiplash within an organization. Uh, I had a client years ago that was the inventor. 
constantly inventing new things. Now, he needed to do that for his own sanity, happened to be his best skill set and use for the business, and that was how they kept growing. However, he did too many. So he, he would create whiplash within his organization every time he rolled out a new idea. So what we did was we created a sandbox for him. We said, you can only work on three new ideas at once, and each one of them has to be able to generate $1 million of revenue or greater within three years. No market research needed. You just need to show it on a whiteboard in less than five minutes. And if you can fit that test, then go ahead and work on it. Um, and if you find a fourth one, you've got to park one. So notice I said park it because most entrepreneurs have a hard time saying no. Park it for 60 days, and if it becomes more important, put it back in one of the top three slots. And then we trained the management team, by the way, to then push back on the entrepreneur if they had any more than three, three things that they were working on. And I'm curious, Steve. You know, it's, you know, you're talking about like tasks and, and, and you know, kind of limiting those number of tasks. I'm also curious when it comes to a successful company, um, you know, in picking their clients and their focus for expansion. Um, maybe talk about how maybe you know not chasing every great customer is a is is a is a good thing, or or is it? Or do you chase every great up revenue opportunity or, or uh, every up revenue? Opportunity? Almost almost any situation I've gone into in the second stage business. Uh, there's also a need to fire certain customer segments to be able to concentrate on, on the best ones. And by the way, also possibly to cut product or service lines as well. Um, and, and let me give you a, a, a live example. I have one client. I won't be able to name this client because we're underway with the strategy, and I don't want to reveal it on the air here. But um, late last year, we decided which market segments they were going to focus on and which ones they were not going to focus on. Right? So strategy is just about saying no as it is about saying yes. Uh, and in this particular case, um, it was also a pivot strategy, meaning they're moving from one category to another category. And in doing so, uh, we needed to make sure that we really built up pipeline and, and things like this. This is a normal kind of six, 12-month sales cycle for a software company. And what they've been able to accomplish now is the first half of this year by focusing the sales, marketing, and product development resources on these new market segments, uh, they were able to generate as much revenue in the first half as they did last year for the entire year. They now have the largest pipeline, not even just around that segment, but in the company's history, uh, both in dollars and volume uh, since moving to that segment because they had all the lead generation through the sales effort pulling that into opportunities. So sales results as well as the pipeline to continue that growth. I mean, it's it's really if you think about it, it kind of makes me smile. As an entrepreneur, it's counterintuitive, right? I mean, you just think that if you go out there and you tackle all these all these wonderful customers, things will work out. But by by focusing it, it really does separate us. And it would, and and, and uh, I know they're here to, or I'm here to talk to you because you're the guy that knows this stuff the most. But I got to smile because when when at evolution, when Jeff and I uh, kind of got together in 2005, uh, you know, the evolution of evolution really in in, in identifying these second stage businesses and really you know providing this the platform behind uh, you know these five the the platform behind them or these five kind of core uh, pillars of the business really separated us and gave us that that energy and focus that you know that was beyond the the, the numbers and beyond the business and, and and that's the fun stuff and so it's it's really counter counterintuitive but it, it does make it fun well more just one thing uh, Jeff more importantly what you're able to do is you become greater and greater experts at that market um, and, and therefore, um, that market starts to reference you as here are the experts that, that can help me in a unique way. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was going to ask you, Steve, about timelines. I mean, do you, do you have them do like a one-year, three-year, five-year, ten-year? How, how should they think about it? Great, 
Great question. So if you're not looking to raise capital, um, I never worry beyond three years. Um, and even three years is a lighter directional. Um, if you're looking to raise capital, uh, a different story because of the requirements of a private equity or venture capital sets of questions and what they're going to look at. But for most of you that aren't even considering raising capital yet, you can go down a path of three years, set it up so that you have a directional idea of where you want to be. Because if you don't, you're going to end up somewhere else. I, I guarantee it. Uh, I've seen so many wasted resources by not having that, that North Star. Now, I do want to suggest also you may not think about raising capital in the traditional sense, but you do have to think about your exit strategy. And even if that's five or ten years out, you need to have that ballpark number and the number of years approximate to drive everything else. That will typically serve as your North Star. And then from there, thinking through, all right, so three years from now, what does the company look like? And I find it's hard for us to envision greater than three years ago. Do you realize it was just three years ago that the iPad first came out? Think about how much transformations happen in these three years. But I do think having a three-year top-line plan uh, and then one year and then really start to think about almost a rolling 12-month strategy and plan and budget um, is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Hey, is Steve, I, I, uh, um, you know, one of the questions, let's say I'm a business owner and, and, and I've always wanted my son or daughter to take over the business. Um, is this stuff, do I need a plan? I mean, is it, you know, what, I know oh, my plan. Most, most my, definitely do. I, I'm in the process right now of helping the client transition um, his business to his daughter. And you have to plan it out. And, and there's other aspects of that type of planning, with financial planners and the like, to really think through um, how the other siblings uh, get involved. Uh, here's the misnomer. Some people say, well, I'm never going to sell my business. Um, at some point in time, you're either going to sell it, you're going to transition it, or you're just going to die and the business will die. So having a plan to make sure something happens with that business is extremely important. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty brutal. But I, I guess your point is uh, to to make a statement: I'll never sell my business. Is uh, I guess it's not fundamentally possible. Um, that's that's, that's uh, correct. At some point in time, it's going to go away. And, and and those, by the way, that think a lot longer term and maybe are even in some lifestyle based businesses, the plan to still get more time uh, for the dollars you're generating is extremely important. I can guarantee you're wasting tons of resources if you don't have a plan. Yeah, and I'd say that that's probably the most rewarding thing from Jeff's and my perspective. I, you know, is once I think you we show them, you know, the you know the step one, which is the great financial statements. It, it just it, it really does free up resources to execute the plan. And, and 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 you know, for for somebody that wants to keep the business in the family, those resources are uh, can either be charity or they can be uh, you know profits for them. So. All right, guys, you know, I appreciate this discussion, and we are going to have to break here for our uh, next segment. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about actually putting the plan together and and the importance of just getting started. So uh, we're going to take this brief break. We'll be back in just two minutes. Thanks for listening to Second Stage. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. 
Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Time management. We all talk about it, we constantly work on it, and we all wonder what more we could be doing. Take Charge of Your Productivity identifies the 10 key elements that are part of the focus for high performers. It then integrates energy management into the time management equation. Tune in for insightful interviews, key strategies, and tips to help you create the balance you crave and deserve. Join Penny Zenker as she presents Take Charge of Your Productivity on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. All right, well, welcome back to The Second Stage. Uh, this is our show, but it's your forum. So we're looking for input from you so that we can benefit from everyone's experience. You know, don't be shy. Everyone's made mistakes, and believe me, Brendan has made a ton of them, and we have survived so far. Uh, in this segment, uh, we're going to talk about uh, our plan. We're going to continue the discussion about the plan with our guest, Steve Kimball, and he's going to talk about uh, getting started and team alignment, reference competitors, and things like that. Uh, and just like you, we've gone through a lot of this stuff. We've gone through a lot of tough times uh, to get we, where we are here today. And, um, you know, we still have a long way to go. So we're learning from Steve uh, just along uh, as you guys are. So with that, um, I'm going to hand it back over to Brendan so he can get some more great information out of Steve. Hey, Steve, I, I do have one kind of le- a question kind of in the last session is, you know, say, say I'm a leader and I'm growing a little business and um, – and, you know, I, I've been able to grow, and, and I feel like I'm doing fine. Are, are you sure I need a plan? Yeah, good question. That's Most people will say that. And what's interesting is um, there's statistics out there that have shown that uh, 50% of your employees' time is wasted on nonproductive things. Now, I don't mean playing with Facebook or Pinterest or YouTube, but things that just really do not move the needle in the business. Uh, so that starts with a, a management team, if you have one, but also your employees. So unless we're clear on what we're trying to accomplish and where we want them to focus, uh, they, are, they don't know. They're trying the best that they can. So think about half of your employee's time being wasted and how much money that costs you. Sounds so expensive if to me. your lifestyle business not looking to grow. That sounds expensive to me. Hey, see, let's let's get on. To, let's let's move on. We have uh, about fifteen minutes here or so. Uh, we want to get into you know. Let's let's get into the questions we need to answer when we start working on a plan. Um, you know, I, I'm I've been in uh, say less. I've, I've run a business and, and I've been in the same market for the last 15, 20 years. I think I understand it pretty well. Is is that the market that I got to look look at, or am I you know, or, or what do I have to do when it comes to what markets I attach or attack? Yeah, great great question. So it's 
it's very, very simple. And interesting enough, by the way, we make strategy way too complex. Okay, so, so I'm going to help you break it down today into some very specific questions to be asking. Uh, and later on, you can obviously email Evolution Capital if you want these questions emailed to you. So just you contact them, and we can, we can help make sure that happens. Um, this all starts with, out, with about which markets will create your best returns. Okay, so this is about thinking to whom your company is in service to. Okay, so if you're a B2B business, who's the economic buyer or the decision maker? If you're a B2C business, what are the buyer personas that you're trying to do? Tied to that, by the way, is to what is your company in service to? So on the B2B side, it's what's the urgent business problem or aspiration? On the personal side or B2C side, it's what's the personal need or motivation? I find that if you can get to that second question, these two questions, it starts to clarify a lot about which market segments are best uh, and also what your real value proposition is. Wow. That's, uh, that sounds complex. Is, is it uh, – what, what sort so, of – so, so I asked it in an interesting question, way, but let me just say this. Who really is your primary buyer, right? Okay. And what's the real problem or thing that they're trying to accomplish? And not your value prop. So here's the key trick that happens oftentimes. And I just got done dealing with these 12 CEOs last week. Their automatic reaction was, we help them do X, Y, Z. That's not the way to do it. I want you to put yourselves in their shoes. Say, what are they really trying to solve? In one case last week. Sorry, go go ahead. ahead. No, please. In one case last week, someone said, oh, well, I work with uh, the supermarkets and in the floral world, there's a lot of breakage, right? Shrinkage on the uh, on the shelves, if you will, with the flowers dying. So I provide balloons to them. Okay, well, why does that matter? It was able to significantly change the margin structure for them. Well, the next question was, what else could you sell them that fits with the shelf space that they currently have that could do that? Next thing you know, there's aha moments on add-on sales uh, components right there. That's interesting. Um, let me ask you a question. So I, I, I'm an entrepreneur, and I and I've and I've gone out there, and I've and I've kind of uh, identified my market, and I feel like I've got my value proposition. Can I do this alone? I mean, how, who do I need to help me with this process? Uh, you definitely. So let, let's face it. This is a team sport. Okay, this is definitely not a solo sport. Usually, as we start the business, um, it's a little bit more on our backs. But in order to scale it, we've got to have the team driving the business, making the mistakes, learning. And adjusting, and they have to own the strategy, own the plan. So, once you decide which markets, you have to ask yourself how will you realign your team and your resources to capitalize on them? How do we get the team to stop chasing markets that do not matter? I had one CEO that I met with um, last year uh, in the healthcare world. I'm trying to figure out how to keep this so I don't reveal the actual CEO. Um, but he, his goal was to grow. From 25 to 30 million, let's say I might be off by about five million dollars, um, and he had one salesperson that was selling out in California. He sold a million two deal. Uh, the CEO then said to him after a year sales cycle, he said, "Why would you chase California when we aren't set up regulatory wise to do that? That one client will lose three or four hundred thousand dollars on." And so what that CEO suddenly realized as we talked about it, he did not clearly set the boundaries or the scope of where it made the most sense to go after. And he didn't get the team aligned with that. So he had tons of wasted resources chasing a nice large deal that would help with sales growth, but did not matter because they couldn't say yes to it. Wow. 
Hey, let's you know. It sounds like we 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 uh, sounds like we've got our market. We we've kind of we we're working on building our team. Let's talk about competitors. I mean, how do we how do we figure out what other people are doing, and 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 how important is that? Well, very important. So I I believe it always has to be from the outside in that we operate. Typically, we operate from the inside out, um, and that always starts with the customers first. But then we have to be really clear on our reference competitors. Now, there's three tiers of reference competitors: tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier ones are basically the safe bet uh, brands that are out there. You know, the, the old um, adage, nobody ever got fired for buying IBM, <laughs> that's tier one. Okay? And you can think of a lot of the larger auto manufacturers. Tier two, which is probably where most of the people listening in today really fit, are the niche players. They dominate different niches, whether it be a vertical, a geographic region, or a specific problem set that they're solving. So what you want to ask yourself on Tier 2 is, how do I become the number one Tier 2 player um, that I'm competing against? Now, the third tier is really people that buy just for price. And I would argue that anyone that's probably listening to this at the second stage, uh, if you're trying to just purely compete on price, you're probably going to lose to the big guys because you don't have enough volume over time. You may be able to do that for a period of time in the life cycle of the business, though. So the, the key here on the competitors is then to pick one primary reference competitor that you actually would like to be associated with. So Microsoft did this game plan brilliantly, right? They went after Netscape. They went after WordPerfect. And, you know, all down the line, they'd pick one. It becomes very easy to say, customers' needs are X. This competitor fulfills it with Y. How are we different? And how do we make sure we're as different as possible? Well, is that so? That's when you know when when you're working on your strategy and you've kind of you know you've kind of got something that kind of makes you a little unique. How do you how how do you make that you know when, when you kind of attack that issue? How do you how do you make that sustainable, or, or or is that even possible? Great question. So the question you want to keep asking is that how do you differentiate sustainably? And recognize this is a directional statement. It's very hard these days to put a real stake in the ground um, and be truly sustainable. But you want to pick something that's going to last at least two or three years, right, if not longer. And oftentimes it's some capabilities you start to build within the organization. Um, one of the CEOs I was speaking with last week said to me, you know, Steve, I think after going through these questions, I think my real crown jewels is another way to think about you know, differentiators. What are your crown jewels? He said, I think my crown jewels, the fact that we can adapt and learn quickly as an organization to the different market trends, and change things up on the big, large competitors. We're a tier two. All the tier ones can't move fast enough, um, but they will at some point in time catch up with some of our innovations. So it's not the specific innovation or offering I'm bringing to market today, but instead it's the capability to do that much faster than these guys, usually 18 to 36 months faster, faster than the big guys. Wow. Hey, you know, one of the things I read a lot about, Steve, is is in these small businesses, or quite frankly, any size businesses, is uh, is really working on values and then ultimately the vision. Is that something? What, does it, what, does that fit into your plans, or, or where do where do you typically uh, work at that sort of thought process in? Yeah, great, great question. So first of all, um, I think most people go through these exercises and give it too much lip service. Something that sits on the wall just doesn't matter. It has to be simple and and something you actually live. Um, but you definitely, in fact. One of the core things we're seeing across the country as we work with companies right now is helping them figure out why does your organization exist? Why should the customer care? What's your vision for the customer's world? And then right below that, obviously, is what are the values that we stand for that make sense? 
You know, Steve, I, it's funny. You, you just you just really hit on something that that really um, we find across the board that when companies have done that sort of thinking, where they're they're really presenting to their employees, their suppliers, their communities something that's that's you know, profit is a making a profit and is is a given. It's something that every company has to do. But if they can put something else beyond that, a, a something that is that is bigger than that profit is, uh, you know, we really find that those businesses are are fundamentally more successful than the ones that are just out there trying to make money. Um, do, do, do you have any thoughts on that? Or- uh, they, they, they definitely are. And, and keep in mind, this whole why you exist is not just for customers, but it also attracts employees. And if you look at this, particularly kind of this next generation set, they are all about the why. They want to associate themselves with companies that believe like they do. And if you know, a way to kind of start to think about this, everybody out there listening, is start to think about the brands that you associate with, whether it's a Starbucks or an Apple, for, you know, which is some of my brands that I like. What are the elements of that? Now, what, what does that bring back into the company? Because really this brand, if you will, the why, um, at the size companies you're dealing with, do tie back to some of your personal convictions and, and whys. Well, we, we sure we sure think that's wonderful, and and I think the thing that we found at, at Evolution, not only here at Evolution, but with our our our, our entrepreneur partners, is that when you have a plan, and then and I'm going to jump into just to steal a little bit of thunder from next week's on the people side, and and you in in, in your plan includes a, a a vision that's bigger than making profit, the ability to track the people that you need to accomplish that that goal is just it's just much easier, and it's it's a you know the the people the very successful talented people want to be part of something like that and and quite frankly the reverse of that is uh, you know the companies that lots and lots and lots of companies that we walk into where the same employees have been there for 30 years doing the exact same job and and it's you know it really is just about the paycheck it's it, it's a uh, it's you know it's it's hard to change those cultures and so we really uh, it's you know it's uh, in my personal opinion those things can't be can't be understated so uh, can't be overstated so. Um, the, uh, you know, we, we, um, you know, see, we, we've, we've appreciate, appreciated all your input. Um, the best way to, and I encourage anybody, we, like I said, we, we've had a wonderful relationship with Steve and, uh, he's a wonderful resource and we encourage anybody to not, you know, to reach out to us and we'll be happy to get you his contact information. If you want to contact him directly, it's, um, he's at the, uh, Chasm group and it's Steve, Steve or S Kimball at Chasm group.com. So that's S K I M B A L L at, uh, C-H-A-S-M-G-R-O-U-P.com. Steve, am I pretty close on that? Yeah, you get the email right. It's uh, the Chasm Group. Um, w- one thing I'd love to do is leave everybody with kind of a, a take-home exercise that um, should help you. So uh, I would suggest um, anyone listening to this, take 15 minutes, and I want you to do just a couple of things tonight or tomorrow, okay? Number one, write down your primary goal um, for this year and the handful of priorities that will help you hit it. And then number two, ask your team to do the same and then go discuss. Um, I guarantee you're going to find some significant misalignment. Um, that is the start of actual planning right there. Wow, Steve, it sounds like you've uh, done this before. Uh, very, very well done. And we appreciate your providing you know, straightforward, actionable, simple advice. And as we've told everybody on the show here, uh, we've worked with you before and you're the real deal and uh, you're an obvious choice to talk about the plans. Uh, so we want to thank you for being on our show today. And um, with that, we are going to take a short, short break and move into our final segment of the second stage. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.
Thank you, guys. Thank you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for information purposes only. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back, everybody. It's Brendan Anderson and Jeff Cadlick. And this is Jeff Cadlick, and thanks for tuning in to The Second Stage, a show about small business best practices. And I want to say how impressed I was with Steve Kimball in the last two segments. I, you know, like we keep saying, I learned a lot, uh, and I thought his advice was very straightforward and very, very helpful. So I was glad to have him on, and hopefully our listeners uh, found as much value in his contributions to today's discussion as, as I did. And remember, if there's any questions now or following today's show, you can email the second stage at evolutioncb.com. Call us at 866-472-5790 or even blog our site at evolutioncp.com after the show. As we said, we need to hear from you uh, to make this an effective show. And we appreciate the questions that we've got you know, so far. You know, it was interesting during the break, Brendan, I was thinking a little bit about 
what we always call the evolution of evolution and, and how many plans have we started and torn up and restarted and torn up and restarted. And, you know, candidly, our, our theory uh, at the very beginning of creating evolution was correct, but it was so poorly refined. It really just took us getting started really to figure out and refine that plan that, that made it as good as we think it is today. And, and listen, we've talked about it again and again, uh, six months from now, we're going to say, boy, was that plan we had six months ago, really boring. I think today is, is so much better. So as you well know, we're evolving, uh, with a new plan all the time and that's okay. And Jeff, I think it's important to realize that 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 it, it, as Steve mentioned, your plan is never done. And I think what the most exciting thing about this is once you get started and you start working on the plan and it starts evolving, it's 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 not a radical change from where we started out in 2005 or where I, you know you and I started out our careers in banking and these small businesses. But it really is it's 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 more as is also what Steve talked about. It's more direct. It's more focused. It's it's easier to explain to people. Our value proposition is easier to explain to people. And I think that's what makes it so exciting. And I think that the most most important thing, as you mentioned, is you, we look back six months a year and we kind of laugh at it, it, you know, the value that we added. And and I sure hope that uh, a year from now, two years from now, we look back and, and we continue to evolve and, and be able to to add those sorts of values, uh, value to our to our partners. And um, uh, you know, you know, Steve talked about a lot of things that 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 we've experienced and we see every single day in these little businesses. And, I, and I'll tell you that one of the most exciting things, and and, and I got to be honest with you, it's, it's, Jeff, I'm going to get on a roll here, so let me know when I when I run out of time. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, really, when it was when evolution, uh, when we stopped and really focused on our and our core values, uh, transparency to everyone, embrace evolutionary businesses, always look for a better way, meticulous dedication to process. And the last one, which is passion for possibilities, because, you know, the companies that we work with, you know, they, you know, it really is about the possibilities. And that really evolved into something that was bigger than what we do every day, which is changing the lives of the communities, families, and employees of our, of the partners we invest with. It just so happens it also provides a compelling return to our investors and quite frankly the employees and in in in, in the, that invested in the businesses with us so it really is a it's an exciting it's an exciting thing but you know i look obviously we're both passionate about what we've accomplished so far but when when do you think you incorporate that that mission that you talked about the team plus that we've come to in our statement i mean is that first or is that the cart before the horse or how does that figure into your plan you know, I think it it, it really is. Um, you know, you you the the values are really a representative of the people that are there and the leaders of the people. And it's and it's and, and really you've got to hire and 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 pick the people on your team that that want to live to those values because that makes growth and decision making so much easier across the board. Um, so I, I really believe it starts with the values. I, no, it's not the way most entrepreneurs tackle the project, you know, the process. They, they kind of start in business. They end up with friends and family and so forth. And, and they can get to about 20, 25 employees at that pace. But it's 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 that point forward that that you've got to start hiring, you know, quite frankly, maybe you need to replace some people, but it's it's all about sharing sharing values with people. 
Mm-hmm. It's funny when I look at some of the things that Steve was saying about market and team uh, competitors in terms of putting your plan together. Some of that is actually addressed in our our um, our mission. You know, we talk our core values. Where we talk about you know embracing evolutionary businesses and and the like. I mean, I think that. I think you are fulfilling some of what Steve is saying by putting those those core values together. And to your point, I do think it's important about establishing the culture, which is is which is a part of putting that plan together as well. Absolutely, and, and, and I just think it's uplifting, and it, it is it is so hard to get people aligned and excited about where you're headed, and that really is the foundation. It's and I and I, Jeff, I know you're going to be surprised with this, and I realize I'm getting the uh, timeout sign, but um, I when I first joined EO 12, 13 years ago, I really felt this stuff was a bunch of hooey, and what I can tell you is the people that do it are successful, and across the board. So, yeah, um, I, yeah. So, what's the action item this week? Steve said, who's your primary buyer and what problem you're trying to solve was a good place to start. What do you say? So, so are you asking me with my buyer for, 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 well, I mean, our buyer is the passionate entrepreneur that, that, that sees something that's, that, that, they, that they need to move relatively quickly on and they want to get on their, you know, work on their businesses at the end of the business. And lastly, you know, um, and so you know, that's our buyer. What was the last one? What was the next question, Jeff? <laughs> what problem are you trying to solve? Oh, which is- oh. Go ahead. Grow evolutionary businesses. So sorry to cut you off, Brennan, but we want to thank everyone for tuning in this week. Uh, we hope that you have some good takeaways and action items. Strive to push yourself personally and professionally each week and don't hide in your comfort zone. Thanks again. And remember to continue the conversation at our blog at evolutioncp.com. We're signing off for next week. And remember, go, go get your financials, get your plan. We're going to fill in the next three pillars soon and start now. There's no better time. Passion for possibilities, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.